0: Welcome to Strange Transmissions. I think the the hugest hugest is that even a word? Yep, largest. We can use it. Biggest. <laughs> biggest. The biggest um turning point in my career was when I started working on uh, a gentleman from the cabin and his name was Rick and he was a WWF wrestler in his younger days. The wild Alaskan. The wild Alaskan. <laughs> and all we knew is he's this crazy fifty three year old who was at that point, you know, just had a load of money from his younger days and he was doing um What was it? Excavating. Excavating huge rocks and stuff like that. And they had bought a cabin up there, and we were just befriending them quite extensively and had about only maybe a year and a half under our belt with being really good friends with them at the cabin. When uh, Rick had what they said at that point in time ended up in the hospital. In fact, he left the cabin because he had what they had thought was a hernia of sorts in Mm -hmm. his esophageal area or his stomach area or something along those lines. I don't really remember where it was. So he had to leave the cabin on one of our weekends up there. And we were all like, oh, bummer. And he came up the next weekend. And at this point, I was really quite getting into things. And in my third eye, was really strong. And I was being able to see auras really completely. And I was becoming what they call a medical intuitive, meaning I was being able to tap into your body. And I could feel what your body felt like through mine. And I remember distinctly that Rick was on the pontoon. And um, everyone was like, hey, Rick, it's great to see you back. Oh, dude, what's going on? He's like, yeah, I got to go. You know, I'm just just trying to decide if I need to go in for another test. Well, I had worked on Rick a couple times prior for his bumps and bruises of the day of being the Wild Alaskan. I mean, the guy's body was just broke and beyond belief. So he did believe in what I did up to this point. I remember distinctly walking down the dock and it was the first time I saw him since he had this quote-unquote hernia and they thought that's all that it was and I looked at him on the pontoon and every ounce of my being knew that he was filled with cancer and it was really um, difficult to decide what to do. Like, do you tell him or... Yeah. Yeah. And I was stunned and absolutely stopped in my tracks and I didn't know what to do and I thought oh shit I guess we can swear on (laughs) podcast and I'm like oh you know seriously I don't know what to say and I have no right to stick something like that out there god forbid if I'm wrong you know and I was so frozen in my tracks I didn't know what to do and I was only about a third of the way down the rock uh, the dock and Rick did that eye thing that we talked about and he Mm -hmm. looked at me and he goes Suze and I'm like hey Rick and he goes, and he stopped. And he looked at me and he took a big breath and he goes, okay, I'll go and get a second opinion. And I said, yeah. And that's the whole conversation. <laughs> that's all we had. That was the entire conversation. And it was just complete, just telepathic download. Dude, you got to run as fast as you can because you're full. And he did. And the next weekend they found massive amounts of cancer on him. And that was... Uh, That was just the hardest thing, because I had worked on people for being sick, but not sick. Not terminal. Yeah. Yeah. And that was terrifying. And what happened with this changed my life. It changed my work. It changed my world. It changed my life. (laughs) As I cry. Okay, you talk (laughs) for a second. It's okay. This is... Go ahead. And just give me a second. You're fine. Because um, he allowed. He allowed. Um, God, how many years was it been? And I still. Uh, okay, five, and he. Oh, sorry. He allowed um, my his journey to be mine. And through him, I learned. Uh, I learned humility. I learned I'm not the healer. I learned God is real. I learned um, that our soul does what it wants to, no matter what this third-dimensional body wants to. Um, I got to start to work with him. He allowed me to work with him on a weekly basis, and he lives so far away that we would talk on the telephone, and it brought me to a skill level of um, full telepathic Ability that I never would have got to. I didn't trust anything other than my hands, and I started to realize I could use my mind and my heart and my higher self to heal, and it had nothing to do with my hands. It was just, I don't know, it was profound. I don't even know how and and again, I don't know why I'm so emotional (laughs) because it's really, he was so important to me. So in a way, he was like a teacher oh he and the weird part is is i didn't even know this guy for more than a year and a half and the intimacy that happened between us was so profound that his wife even at some point said you little wench i don't even know what <laughs> was going on with you two in terms of the intimacy that he allowed me into his heart and it, i have never experienced anything like that and i know that he was placed there I know that he was the teacher. I know that um, I was fully the student. And at the same time, he was the student. I had his family doing full blown meetings to understand chakras and, and what the consciousness was on why Rick was sick and understanding that he brought the sickness on himself. And it allowed me to become the teacher, which now I do. You know, I didn't know I was a teacher until then. And for him, he went through. Unbelievable personal journeys that he only shared with me in terms, and that's not because I'm so cool or I'm so wonderful. It's just because You're he, yeah, yeah, because he could say things that people didn't understand. I mean, here's this gigantic dude that can, you know, lift massive amounts of metal over his head. And he's talking about, I'm going to go into the woods and burn a ritual ceremony to let this go. You know, I mean, it was just, it, he would just, he would do everything and do it with such joy and such. I don't know vigor and amazement and awe it was just such a journey and we connected weekly and weekly and weekly and that this was my biggest this is my smackdown this is my ego got smacked by universe I got my ass kicked on this thing because I was pulling cards angel cards every day asking for information if he was getting better if he was if this was helping him if he was getting get okay and I kept pulling out of 44 cards I pulled the same thing two cards over and over and over again and they were miracle healing and problem resolved and I swear to God I pulled those same two cards a hundred times and i kept thinking oh my god oh my god this is so great this is so great i'm gonna save him i'm gonna save him and i will never forget the day i remember it vividly i was pulling um going around that curve right in front of downtown minneapolis on 35 uh, not minneapolis um st paul on the curve right to go to 35e right by the hospital and everything phone rings pick it up it's Rick and I'm like so excited because he was having his new CAT scan and I'm rocking this work with him blah 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 and he told me that he now was completely filled with cancer and I was so taken aback I was so angry I remember coming home that day and I remember throwing everything in my I remember throwing my angel cards across my room I remember screaming and kicking and crying my brains out screaming at God how dare you And what the hell is this all about? And why are you doing this? And I was so angry. And Chuck, again, came up the stairs and did that thing that we're talking about. And it was not Chuck. It was not Chuck's voice. It was not Chuck's face. It was nothing to do with Chuck. It was not words that Chuck would ever say. And he's like, what are you doing? And this part was Chuck. And I (laughs) said, what are you doing? I've heard him say (laughs) it. What are you doing? And I said, I'm so angry and how dare God do this and blah, 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 blah. And I said, I pulled miracle healing card over and over and it said problem resolved. And this is when it turned into not Chuck. And he had this transition in his face and he looked right into my soul and he said, Suzanne, what would ever make you think that your version of a soul's healing is the same as his soul's? And I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, you mean this isn't all about me? Smack! And that was my universal kick Mm -hmm. in the ass that I have carried with me. And I think that's why that's so emotional for me because Rick changed my life. I probably would have been a very arrogant healer. I probably would have thought that I was really doing the work. And there's plenty of those around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really think I would have thought that I was doing the work. And I got my ass kicked from Kingdom Come all the way across and he died. He died. And I helped in a different way i then That's went back what you didn't understand is that you you did what you set out to do like you did heal him right but, but i not, didn't get it yeah you didn't, you didn't i was understand. so <laughs> ignorant yeah. yeah so so what would you say your view of healing is now well i think to align with your higher self is the only healing there is i don't get to choose that Rick didn't even get to choose it until he surrendered to his higher self to find the alignment. And that's the work we started after that day. I literally then went into him and I was the only person that went up to him and said, you're dying. You realize you're dying. And he said, I do, but no one knows it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but I know it. And so we started different work and he didn't even let his family know he was dying because they were all holding hope. And for them, that was fine. But for him, that was not fine. And we started to do different work. And I then, again, was gifted, probably one of the most profound sessions I've ever had in my entire career with him, again, and it was at the cabin, and I went out of body. Now I'm telepathically working on him, so he's in the bed. I'm across the way, sitting on the floor, and just working in my mind, and he falls asleep, and I went out of my body so far with him on this journey that I went to a plane of existence that I, to this day, have never been back to and um, probably don't really even want to go back to because it was pretty crazy. Um, It wasn't creepy. It was crazy in terms of I went to the realm of sound. I went to the realm of with him, to the realm of where you're almost dead in terms of finding literally vibrational sound. It was so far out of my body, and it was that harmonics of creation itself, and I have never experienced anything like that. Near-death experiences will do that. Um, periodically, and but I didn't, and I wasn't in the death experience, as was he. And so, I mean, technically. And when I came back into my body after that, my physical body wasn't ready for that because I was so far out that I didn't know how to get back in. A little bit of silver cord going on for me. And I was shaking and shuddering and crying and gasping and literally snot crying to get back in my body because the level of joy that you came from and coming to this anticlimactic third dimensional body of cumbersome mm-hmm. yeah. meat was difficult. Just length, width, and height. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't quite get in. And when I finally settled myself down enough, I closed a session down. He fell asleep. I walked out of the room, and his entire family freaked out because they thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like no no it's okay it's not him this is all about me I'm trying to get back in my body and it was just pretty crazy and profound and and then he and I just continued that journey and he got sicker and sicker and I got more and more not able to be with him so we got farther and farther apart in terms of um, he was at the Mayo i was in White Bear Lake so I became fully telepathic and then bam I could just tap in so then my skill level went through the ceiling in terms of intent and now I understood what I was doing and in alignment and my whole concept of healing changed and I just started to intent and I could become and I could merge with Rick in 2.5 seconds. I mean, it was just like all I had to do is just become through intention and send energy that way and it profoundly changed the way that I worked. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to go down to the mail at the very end and um, I had probably one of the most intimate moments with him that I've ever had. His family all left. I was with him alone and he was thanking me for the, the journey again and um, he told the oncologist lady he said I have never loved somebody like I love this woman and then he goes don't tell my wife <laughs> <laughs> and he goes not the same kind of love but you know what I mean yeah. I mean he was funny till the end but it was such a, um, an honor and then he, um, he was so funny right until the dying experience he, he told those nurses in that <clears throat> emergency room he said, I don't want any of you sticking those tubes down my throat. If Suzanne can fix it for me, you, you let her make the first call. And 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 they're all like, oh, and they put their hands up, like, you know, being held up like a robber. And they're like, oh, okay. And sure enough, he was gasping and choking because they can't swallow when they're this far. into to the death experience, And he was gagging and spewing and they were going to, you know, stick that tube down his throat. And he stuck his hand up like, don't even think about it. And those girls looked at me like they thought I was a nut cuz I'm just sitting in the corner and holding a rock, you know. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that lady? <laughs> And in about, seriously, 30 seconds, he was completely shifted and fine. And their mouse hit the floor. It was pretty funny. So uh, right until the end, it was just one thing after another. And then he's like, Suzanne, who's this dude over my left shoulder? And I'm like, that's your guardian angel. And he goes, back off. I'm not ready to go. I mean, it was just one thing after another. Funny, fun, fun, fun until the end. And he literally died that night. So I wasn't in the room with him. But um, right after I left, I know that he died on my way home because I could feel it. So um, just profound, profound you know, um, opportunity that changed my life forever, you know. And his families. I mean, their journey after he died, I mean, you know how that family's yeah. been about him. I mean, the acceptance of death, mm. crazy, and you know. And to this day, he comes in my room and dinks with my equipment, and he'll turn my radio <laughs> on and off just to, <laughs> to prove he's there, <laughs> you know. He'll come in and make himself known periodically. Not so much... Was that him? Did it just make a weird noise? That was Emma. Oh, I'm like, okay, that was <laughs> creepy. Because seriously, he's done weirder things. <laughs> okay, that oh, was funny. I think, I think that's pretty solid. For yeah, me. that sounds like a good that's landing point, with. right? We thought that this episode would be a good time to thank all of our friends and family for supporting us as we do strange transmissions. It's a labor of love and you guys really have our backs and we appreciate it. So thank you. I'd also like to thank my wife, Emma Worthley, and our dog Scrappy for getting the audio of our family cabin up near Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Thanks and we'll see you soon.